We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm up your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, CMOS girlies, it's episode 71. Kate and Emma are back. You know, your favorite health and wellness podcast, your favorite meme page. How you doing, Emma? I'm pretending that I'm okay. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I also feel like we haven't like potted in like forever because we like, you know, did the whole double recording because we both went on vacation. We're both back in New York. It's like raining, snowing, hailing, sleeting, all at once kind of crazy but tomorrow is daylight savings I'm drinking <gasps> forgot Dandy, yeah I'm drinking Danny blend right now because I definitely have had like twice the recommended daily value of like caffeine I feel like already today and I'm like you need to chill the fuck out Emma um so yeah I feel scattered but also I feel very on today um yeah lots of feelings lots of emotions how about you my dude you know, despite when I got out of soul cycle, I just got hit by hit in the face by some hail. Uh, it's been going swimmingly, having my normal routine. Mm-hmm. I've been testing like my magnesium. So on TikTok, I did a big video about magnesium that now has half a million views, which I'm very confused about because it's like. three minutes of me talking about magnesium. And the big claim I make in the video is like take magnesium over melatonin, which is why I think a lot of people had their like, oh shit moment. But after that, I've been thinking about like the magnesium I have in my possession and doing a little, you know, pseudo experiments. I found that I had topicals. So I had a lotion and then I also had a magnesium face spray and I put that on my pillow before bed and I was knocked out really fast. It's by the new co it's called like 
I don't know, something with the word magnesium. It's like magnes with like three Z's in it or something corny like that. Great product though. And I woke up this morning at eight and I just laid in bed for an extra hour listening to an audiobook. So I've been a chill morning, but I saw the gloomy weather and I immediately went to go play the saddest music in my Spotify, just as one should. So that was my morning so far. Um, made my pancakes, usual nonsense. But today's episode is about seed oils. All the girlies have been wondering. I've seen this as a meme all over Twitter, left and right. I've seen it on TikTok. And at this point, I was shocked that we hadn't done a podcast episode on it yet. So Em and I figured we should dedicate a full ep to this. We're also going to do some shit talk. You guys, you know the, the deal here. Yeah, you know the drill. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other announcements. Not really much. Um, Not much yet. Oh, we are in the process of getting microphones my dad bought me a microphone when I was down in Florida because he was like you need this you need this microphone I was like okay dad um I thought it was going to be intuitive and like how to set it up but it like comes with like a USB whatever thing but like I have like of course like the Apple MacBook that like doesn't accommodate any technology other than its own but then there's like the auxiliary like cord that like it also came with so I tried plugging that into my like microphone headphone jack and then like I tried speaking to myself in Zoom to like test the audio and like nothing was working. I was like, why is this like made for like literally someone who only works on like tech to like understand how to like set this up? So fingers crossed when we get our real microphones that like didn't come from Barnes and Noble like clearance section that they actually work. But yeah, you can expect some, you know, crisp, nice audio in at some point. Yeah, not gonna lie, when I saw that mic on your computer or on your, on your Instagram story, I was going to text you and then I did it because we were both on vacation, but it looked like one of those T-Pain microphones. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where you, you talk into it. It was like a middle school gag gift that I feel like random people had and it would like echo your voice. And I was like, I don't even know if this is a real microphone. I need to follow up with Emma about that. But yeah, our, our pod agency is going to send us some. So shut up, Blue Wire. Yeah, shout out Blue Wire. Um, um, what else? We're also interviewing some founders. We're not going to share who, but we have two in the works and we're going to do... I think we have at least two more after that, that I've been kind of, you know, discreetly conversing with. Um, So that's been exciting. I think it's going to be fun. You know, we're going to get some new, hopefully we get some new listeners. I hope. Um, And I think, I think it'll be fun because I'm sure as much as you guys love Emma and my, you know, shitty vocal fry, just like monotone voice, it'll be fun to get a a third voice into here and talk about crazy wellness rituals and stuff like that. I was talking to a social media manager about the founder of the company she works for. And she was like, oh, you're going to love her. Like she feeds her kids just the craziest snacks. And I was like, perfect. The CMOS girlies will love that. Cause then I can sort of envision myself like for a while, I think Emma and I talked about this, like with dating for a while. I was like, oh, there's no way I could be a mom. Like, oh my God, my, my silly little food ritual, not rituals, but like the things that I eat together, like me packing a lunch for a kid, I'm going to put sauerkraut in a, like a little container. <laughs> no, I'm not. But it made me feel better that I learned that like these older, like millennial women, like do their little crazy health hacks with their kids. So yeah, they're definitely like, people. we're definitely giving their children like celery juice as opposed to like breastfeeding them, I'm sure. Yeah. Giving them like, uh, as Amanda Chantel Bacon and Moon Juice, she gives her kids like dirt shots. Like I, I strive to be that level. If I'm going to lay the groundwork, I've been thinking about this a lot of my, of my evening walks. If I've been spiraling this much on my evening walks about like, I've been thinking, you know, I'm pretty straight edge. I don't really do drugs, alcohol, that type of shit. What am I going to do? Like, I've already become healthy. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people get into health and wellness stuff. Like they've had their drinking phase, they're having a party going out phase. 
I am already taking a probiotic and I'm 23. I'm already stretching my IT bands. Like, what am I going to do when I'm 28? I can't have a coming of Jesus moment unless I, you know, have a downward spiral. So I think I just, I think we need to start like going on like silent retreats. Like, I think that unfortunately is like our only option at this point. Yeah. I think we really need to like have some sort of guided ritual where we just don't say a word out loud for 24 hours. Bro, we already do that. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say, actually, like, my day yesterday was kind of like that besides talking to myself. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about seed oils in the second part, but let's get into some shit talking. You guys said that you like the podcast now that it's this kind of loose segment, you know? Um, so I'm going to call Emma back and then we'll get into our weekly, I guess it's kind of like over the span of two weeks, the things that have been driving us crazy, the things that we've been finding joy in, all that type of stuff. Our next partner is a product that Emma and I take every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to find a greens powder that actually blended together. The taste is hands down the best greens powder I've been able to find. It even has a mild tropical taste and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, you name it. For me, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've always known that taking a greens powder is a great addition to one's wellness routine, but I could just never get past the unpleasant taste. This completely changed once I started taking Athletic Greens. It tastes so good that I actually look forward to drinking it every morning, something I never knew was possible. Plus, Athletic Greens contains dairy-free probiotics. And let me tell you, my digestion has never been better. Another thing that Emma and I love is that it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, to start this episode on a good note, we're going to talk about clogs. Now you might be thinking, Kate, are you a middle-aged woman that lives in Vermont and picks mushrooms? No, I'm a cool e-girl. I have been, um, I guess, gifted with some clogs from Morel. You guys might know them as like your favorite hiking, really butt ugly shoes. No, they're the shoes that every single boy wore in Catholic school. Yes. Um, the ugliest, ugliest shoe is of course, when I was browsing on their website, I go, no, I got to go with the most butt ugly neutrals. I'm not going to go for anything girly and cute and like pretending like they're fun. So I got like some taupe clogs that I've been wearing around. And then I got these hydro clogs. I think they're called, I have no idea, but they look like Crocs, but they're just different the most comfortable shoes ever. Now, are they stylish? Uh, I don't know. The dudes on throwing fits, like the streetwear downtown bros that wear the New Balances, they wear the Amelandore, they go to Kith. They wear these ugly clog mug or moccasin type things. So I suggest these to any girly that's looking for like a nice spring shoe because they're also like an actual functional hiking shoe. So if it's raining or they're bad conditions... I've been wearing mine with a skirt and I'm just manifesting that it starts to get a little bit warmer. Fun. I, yeah, love that for you. Glad that you're rocking the ugly footwear. I feel like, I feel like ugly footwear is like in, you know, with like the whole like dad sneaker. And then I feel like, I feel like the Merrells are kind of 
part of like the whole like gorp core sort of like technical apparel type situation where it's like you look like you're hiking but like bro is definitely like not capable of hiking so he just like drinks like bone broth and like eats at dimes but um love that my so when I was in Florida uh which honestly I forgot that I even like went to I got my nails done with my grandma because like I never got my nails done but like my grandma is obsessed with that and I the nail technician okay she like cut my finger while she was like cutting my nails or whatever and so I was like gushing blood of course because she literally like stabbed my fucking finger and she was like you're anemic like you're literally are anemic I was like babes like what like it's doctor because I'm bleeding and she because like it, I wouldn't stop bleeding I guess like my blood was like really thin or whatever and I was like so offended and like the place we went to was like honestly kind of gross and like I don't know why my grandma selected it but then like the lady kept on getting mad at me for being like super tense and I was like yeah because you just cut me and I don't trust you anymore but <laughs> this is why I don't get my nails done because a it's like expensive b like these things are gonna fucking fall off my fingers in like two days and then also it's like you risk getting hurt I'm like this is not a relaxing experience if you find getting your nails done relaxing good for you but you know I'd rather just have like the gnarliest fucking fingers and toes which you know next thing when I was home my family finally got to see my my toes that have been <laughs> that, through hell, <laughs> that have been through hell and my grandma felt so bad for me and so before I left she like gifted me all these like fuzzy socks and she was like basically like explaining how to wear a fuzzy sock and I was like yes, grandma, I'm a 23 year old. I know like literally how to put a sock on, but I've been lotioning my feet like crazy. My dad like will text me every day. I was FaceTiming him yesterday and he was like, so have you been lotioning your feet? I was like, yes, dad, I have. Um, love that. Like my family cares more about my feet than I care for more than me. Um, but yeah, I've been putting the Waleda like skin food all up in the toes, all in the crevices with the fuzzy socks. Everyone listening to this is probably like, shut the fuck up, Emma. This is disgusting. Like, I'm going to like throw up. No, I um, love your, your weekly toes shout out gets like at least two minutes in every single episode, which I love. My, I know, like, my weird point with uh, the nails and the toes that I just thought of is that some people on TikTok were saying, have you ever run in toe socks? Like the ones where your feet like have five things you get great grippage and I was like did I ask no why I'm still gonna have a shoe on at the end of the day that that's what we need to start wearing the fucking like toe shoes like not tabbies obviously I had a swim coach who like would wear like yeah like the toe like the 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 open toe shoes or whatever where it's like a funny show yeah they're crazy absolutely crazy I'm kind of into it but like I think I would like have foot dysmorphia from it yeah, no. And then my next point was that I have never, I'm not painting my nails anymore. We're going bare. We're raw dogging our nails. I have not had the urge to pull out nail polish. Is everyone, I don't know actually if anyone knows it. Emma knows this, but I had this great nail polish disaster of 2020, perhaps, where I, in my bathroom of my tiny little apartment, I had a huge bin of nail polish on top of a shelf. I went to go take the shelf off or take the nail polish off the shelf. I probably had low blood sugar at that point entire box of probably 30 bottles of nail polish shatter on my bathroom floor my entire bathtub has nail polish all over it I could not go in that bathroom for a day because I thought I was going to die of the scent of nail polish I went through maybe three bottles of nail polish remover and it's still there um so I'm a little just a bit jaded about nail polish and I also hate getting my nails done the one time I did it was like fine but I'm like that was so expensive for what 
Um, so I'm just, I'm just raw dog in the nails. I advise that to anyone. You, you don't need to paint your nails. Yeah. Painting nails is not in anymore. That is, um, what Kate and I have declared and Kate and I, um, you know, dictate what is in and out for the CMOS girlies, but also just the world at large. So yeah, yeah no more painting nails. Um, SE can go out of business. Clearly. Next point. Um, this is a little bit of an interesting one that I'm still waiting on some, uh, updates about. So as you girlies know, it's really important to get blood work. And I was like, I should practice what I preach. Um, this one company reached out to me because they're like, Hey, do you want to get blood work from home? Like you little influencer, you health influencer. And I'm like, look, if a company's going to give me free blood work, I will not be saying no. I'm about to be booted off my parents' health insurance when I'm 26. Let's go. And I've been unvegan for about over a year now. So I was like, Oh, let's, let's check in on my B12 levels. Let's check in on my omega threes and vitamin D. Like, let's see what the, um, the macro is bringing to my health status, you know? I order the, t- the test and I look on the website and I have to get blood work, obviously, which I knew about. Since it's all telehealth, you had the option of going to a hospital, but it was on like 100th Street. And I was like, I don't want to go up just to get blood work and have some moment Damn. up there. So they had the option to do blood work at home. And I go, oh, that's a great idea. Great idea. Someone will come, prick me a blood, go. Easy. Boom. So <laughs> I get a message that it was like, your nurse is on your way. I'm like butt ass naked eating my supplements in the morning for breakfast after a run. And I'm like, oh shit, like I need to sit down and relax before they're coming and giving blood. I have a history of passing out when I give blood. Like when I first was in eating disorder, like clinic, when they first did my blood levels, like pass the fuck out. It was terrifying. Um, and every time since the same thing has happened. So I had a little bit of fear strike up. I felt like my heart rate was racing. I put on some just like stupid TikToks to get myself settled down before the nurse comes in. The nurse comes in, it's like noon, like two days ago. First thing she says, did you eat and drink today? I go, yeah. And she goes, oh, you weren't supposed to do that. Okay. Let me, let me find a vein. I was like, why are we doing this? If I wasn't supposed to eat or drink, like, is this going to make an impact? She's like, yeah, it'll probably change the results, but let's do it. I was like, I was like, I can reschedule. I'm a shit poster. Like I have a lot of time here. So she pulls out five vials of blood. Now I have a twin brother with disabilities. And so my brother has been through a lot of medical work. He was in the hospital for 60 days after we were born. So anytime my sister and I have to go and get like the, the most mundane medical thing, my brother's always like, I've had seven IVs in me at once. Like you guys are such babies. And I'm like, okay, Matthew, I get it. So I was like, I'm tough. I can do five vials of blood. I didn't know if that's a lot or a little. She does one vial and I was like, oh, okay. We started just talking about random stuff. So I was distracted. She gets to vial three and I'm like, I do not feel good. Red flag nurse. And it's like a nurse I've never met before in a mask, like in my own apartment. Vial four, I pass out. I have no memory of her entering my apartment, put, yeah, having the conversation. Like, I don't remember any of it. I woke up sweating in my chair, like almost banging my head against the wall. And I looked to my right and there's a random person in my apartment. And I was like, what's going on? And at that point there was a needle in me and it almost like fell out. Sorry, if this is graphic, but anyways, I passed out. I woke up and I was really scared because there's a stranger in my apartment. Then I laid on my bed and she had to do another vial. But this brings me to the point of my B12 levels. So I got the results like a day after I checked through there's, you know, I'm pretty health, health aware. As you guys know, I know what like a hemoglobin AB1 is. I know all these random things. I'm scrolling through all of the results and I get everything from like a basic vitamin D to all these really technical ones I have never even heard of. I get to vitamin B12. I have a red dot. It's like my first one that's out of range. And I'm like, oh, weird. I wonder if I'm still deficient after being, you know, not vegan anymore, whatever. And supplementing for all these years. It said my vitamin B12 levels were greater than 2000 and a normal range is like 40 to 80. How is that possible? 
how is that possible? I don't eat meat every single day. Like I've been supplementing. Yeah. But am I overdosing on nutritional yeast? I had like a severe like panic attack yesterday. I was like, I get this consultation on Monday with a doctor to read me through my results. Cause right now, like my testosterone is low and then I have this B12 thing. And then one of my lipid panels are off. So I'm like, I don't really know what my diagnosis is. So they're going to tell me on Monday, but what if the doctor tells me like, you need to stop taking like nutritional yeast. You cannot use it anymore. So what are like, what are the like potential health concerns of like having too high vitamin B12 levels? Do you know? I have no idea. I mean, they gave really like vague, like you can kind of tap into the ranges on this site. It's called Mm -hmm. Alara Health. If anyone wants to do it, you can like DM me or whatever I'll tell you. Um, But it doesn't really give you any diagnoses, like like any information. Like if you have high testosterone, here's what that means, or low testosterone. So I'm assuming that's what the doc will tell me on Monday, but I genuinely am scared for my life of how that's even possible because like the average person is deficient in B12. So like, how is mine that high? Yeah. And you're not like following like a carnivore diet, but I totally feel you on like the passing out stuff. Like I haven't gone like blood work in forever, but yeah, I remember when like I had to get blood work, whatever for yeah, eating disorder stuff. And I like passed the fuck out. I've passed out actually a few times in my life. And I have like always found them to be like very like euphoric experience. Like I wake up and I'm like, I mean, granted, I feel like your situation, I would have been like freaked out, but I remember, yeah, like I, passed out when I yeah had to get like blood drawn and like they gave me like chocolate milk and I had to like chug it I passed I nearly passed out when I got my tattoo and they like fed me ginger ale and like mints and they were like just chill I was like in the depths of Brooklyn I was like what is going on and then I feel like a few times I've gotten like a fever but yeah I like need to see if it will cost me that much to get like blood work done on my health insurance that I have from work but I think it's one of those things where I think if you are like super interested in like health and wellness, it's like exciting to kind of like actually know what you should and shouldn't be taking. And I think we would all benefit a lot more if everyone was able to have like better access and like education in regards to like getting blood work done and everything. Um, It was interesting. I would love to see change in the world, but you know, that probably won't. Yeah. Considering we can't do anything with our government these days, but interesting is on TikTok. And I said this one woman who a lot of her videos about wellness and female hormones And she did a video and it was like, if you're a woman or someone with female hormones, you should get blood work every six months and you should know your hormone panel, like your blood type. And I was like, that's a really interesting, like, I don't obviously off the top of my head, but I think that could be a really cool shift in medicine. If like, we were all super aware of what was going on in our body. Cause like you say, like you take a pill every day, you don't feel the effects unless you are getting blood work. So yeah. Who knows about my B12 levels, TBD on that. TBD on that. Um, what else? I feel like I've been in a rut with like dinners lately. I, I mean, dinners are always just like sad and scary for me, but I feel like, especially lately for whatever reason, like I like kind of have been like panicking when it gets to dinner time. And I'm like, I just feel like I need to eat right now, which is like very strange for me because I feel like breakfast, I'm like very like calm. Like I feel like chill eating my breakfast or whatever. And as the day just kind of progresses, it's probably like correlated to like, you know, anxiety or whatever. I just like, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to cook. Um, so my dinners, I have not been tasting like the food and I don't know if it's because like I, and this isn't COVID related, you guys. Okay. Like, I think it's like, I like don't buy spices like at all. Like I use like the same two. And so I think like my mouth, my taste buds are just like, so used to like the fucking garlic powder and like, 
cumin that I use in my like food and vegetables. But I think my, my body's just like, okay, we gotta like, we're not even processing this anymore. No, but- I agree. Like I just posted a meme on the page about like, okay, wellness, God, stop buying a sack of carrots. And that was at myself because I buy the same vegetables. And then I wonder why I'm not satiated by it. And like yeah. today, since it's been a shitty day, I'm going to go on a destination walk. I'm going to go buy fennel because that's like a really good vegetable if you roast it in the oven. And I just feel like that might help my dinner. Cause I'm in the same boat where it's like anxiety, don't taste it, yada, yada, yada. But like, I also realized that like the, like my sad dinners, of course, obviously have been like making me really sad at night. Like after dinner, I'm like, oh, that was like terrible. And then I like, am trying to like figure out some like dessert to like make up for it because like dinner just like did not hit. So I feel like I used to like actually spend a lot of like time cooking like nicer dinners and I do enjoy it like cooking with someone else and my brother's coming into town next week so and he's like really excited to like cook with me and everything go to the farmer's market which will like hopefully motivate me but I think like this is like the one area of my life where like I need to actually work on like being more like present Mm -hmm. and I think like it honestly will probably like make me feel more calm and everything but yeah just let you guys know that I some people hate lunch I hate dinner. Yeah. Um, I, all I care about is like breakfast and dessert, sadly. Um, and you know, I am an adult and I could just, you know, eat breakfast food for the rest of my life if I wanted to, but you know, I do enjoy my nice salmon here and there, yeah. but yeah. So that is the one area that I'm going to be working on. So TBD on that. Also, I have a Twitter account shout out that connects to whatever the seed oil topic that we're discussing. There's an account called seed oil disruptor on Twitter. And he has a wife and she's like, has another, like, oh, she's like the seed oil, like something, something, or like the oil, something, or no, the oil respecter, the oil respecter. And if you just like want like crazy, like seed oil discourse, that's like goofy, kind of similar to our meme page, give it a follow. It's like kind of psychotic, but I like find that stuff so amusing and like actually funny versus like, you know, girlies trying to be like funny, like on the internet. Um, but that's like my, my little Twitter account shout out that has been like bringing me like a lot of joy. Yeah. When you put that in the doc, I, I was imagining like something like that meme account, like on a downward spiral, which I guess deleted itself. Like the admin like deleted that meme account. Cause I saw something on TikTok, like where are all the sad girls going to go? I'm like, that's funny. Um, kind of along the same lines, there's this one guy on TikTok that is absolutely batshit crazy health and wellness. His name is like Santa Monica medical. Now he's entirely like keto pill. He's carnivore diet. The one viral video he has that everyone's been stitching, he's like, you know, what's the worst thing you could do in the morning? Or like, what's the worst thing ever? Eating cereal for breakfast. And then a bunch of people stitch it. And they're like, actually, a worst way to start your morning is 9-11. And so like, yeah, everyone is like making fun of all of his videos. And he's done some on seed oil. Like he's done some on magnesium. Like he does a lot about like vitamin deficiency. So like the actual information behind him, I'm like, yes, I agree with that. You also are a little bit orthorexic and crazy to some degree, but the way that he presents it is just like, he's shirtless in all of his videos. He's in like Santa Monica, just being a douchebag. He's one of my favorite guys to like dunk on. Like I, I love his TikTok. So if you're on there, just go creep on him. It's, it's pretty funny that he's so out of touch. Um, that brings Emma and I to our favorite part of the week, which is going to be flavor of the week. Now I have two, so why don't I start? First one is gelatin. Um, I don't know if we've had a full gelatin discourse. I think I spoke about how I found out about gelatin from my health store. You said you can make it into ice cubes. I feel like I said that on the pod. I've been using gelatin for everything. Like, why am I throwing it in pancakes? I don't think you're supposed to cook it at like that type of a temperature. 
whatever. Um, I've been doing a lot of fun little mug cakes like that. Between psyllium husk and gelatin, you guys can go crazy. The other one that I did on vacation, this was just an issue of me over shopping for like the limited period of time that I was there. Guacamole and sauerkraut. I had too much of both of them and I ran out of my actual base of my salad and like my protein and my fat source. I had a tiny bit of guac left and some kraut. And so I took a plastic fork outside of the Whole Foods in Honolulu (laughs) and I dipped my sauerkraut in my guac. And I thought this is an optimal snack. Like, I'm not going to say this is like a snack, like going to satiate you, but like a bite perhaps you're getting the probiotics, you're getting the digestive enzymes of the sauerkraut. And you're also getting a fat source of the avocado to down it. I was like, my gut is probably clean for the next seven years of my fucking life. Um, I also think you could just do this on top of a salad. I feel like my salads taste good if I have sauerkraut and then like avocado and I like mush it all together. So that's just been a fun flavor for me. But um, what about you, Emma? Cause I'm kind of curious what you mean by this. Mine has just been in general, just like vinegar, just like the taste of like a nice, like briny vinegar. I bought whatever German style mustard from Whole Foods. I finished that container in a week. I have been going ham with mustard, anything vinegar I've been loving. Like my product that I've been loving is the Primal Kitchen Jalapeno Buffalo Sauce. I randomly bought it at like the grocery store near me because I was like, I need a new sauce in my life. Yeah. And it has like, you know, that nice, like tangy vinegar taste. I fully just been unscrewing the lid. I mean, I like eat it with like meat and stuff. Bro, I've been dumping this just on nori sheets. I've been dipping like bell peppers and celery in it. And it brings me so much joy. I don't know why, but like, I kind of like, you know, with like salt and vinegar chips where it's like that, you know, kind of like tingling in the back of your throat. I love that. I love it. It's like very, I was going to say like erotic, but like not, but like, it's like, it's a very like enjoyable, like taste and feel. Um, so yeah, vinegar has been like my favorite thing as of late. Um, maybe I get into like expensive vinegars, but also I'm like the way I cook, I would like not be respecting these vinegars in any shape, way or form. So I'm like probably better off like holding off and just like, you know, sticking to the mustard, but yeah, those have been my flavors and products that I've been enjoying lately, which probably really represents like the state of like my well-being. Yeah, I was going to say you should get on the acid league train, but that would just be you losing money. So I'm going to say actually don't do that. Um, the next point is interesting for me. I've been going on the exercise tour of America. I tried Barry's boot camp. I tried solid core and you know, I am a runner by nature. I love the intense activity. I played volleyball all my life. So I think this is something that I've been working to undo. Like my relationship with exercise is that like, even if you do 15 minutes, that's sufficient. Like, even if you do Pilates or low impact stuff, I just have never found the right person. I actually hate when workout classes are motivational. Like I really hate when I walk into a place and I see something like you got it girl on the wall, nothing makes me want to sprint and leave and never return to that place again. And that's often the environment in like studio environments. Cause they're trying to like welcome beginners. I like berries because it's a boot camp and they just yell at you the whole time. Like that's very much what I'm used to. We can talk about event therapy, what that means about me later, that that's like my favorite force of like, you know, reinforcement of doing activities. Yes. I know my parents are like, you got an A minus, not good enough. We're working through that. But that's how I like being taught when I'm working out. So I went into solid core and I was like, okay, Pilates, like I've never really done this before. Like me just stretching, glorified stretching for 50 minutes, put you on the machine. And suddenly I'm the worst person in the class. Like I can run eight miles at a sub eight minute pace, just easy, like barely sweating. And I get to this little Pilates class and these bitches, that's like some tiny little bitch, just like yipping in my ear, like put your leg up higher, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, 
fuck you to hell. I know that I don't have these muscles because I actually just don't care about like elongating my body. Um, so Kate got her ass whipped at solid core with the little motivational quotes. I really didn't like the environment where I feel like they were being super like uplifting the whole time. Like I found myself rolling my fucking eyes, which was bad. The instructor's probably like, what's her issue? Um, but yeah, I've been going on exercise tour. So that's being said, if you have any like classes that you recommend that are available in New York city, let me know. I will try anything um, at this point, because I've learned from my tax guy that if I try stuff out and like post a video about it, like I could write it off for taxes somehow. So I'm kind of experimenting in that field. Um, what I can mooch in the tax world with the IRS. Hell yeah. Love that for you. Yeah. Plotties can be intense, but I feel like it's time to get into like what you guys clicked into this episode for, um, to learn about seed oils. Um, so I'll call you back. Yeah. I'll call you back as we do. And we'll talk about the actual point of this episode. Bye. Okay. Seed oils. A brief history. When I was doing research, I came across this like really interesting article from the Atlantic and it was actually an excerpt from this book called the happiness diet, which I don't really know much about, but maybe you will want to read this book after I kind of discuss about this, but it's essentially about like how vegetable oils replaced animal fats in the American diet, sort of like the first, like, you know, the origin story of vegetable oils, just because, you know, for the longest time, like people were just kind of eating like beef tallow and as like their main fat source and like nuts and seeds, because there like, wasn't really like any way to like process oils in the States really. But so in the 19th century, animal fat was like the staple in the American diet, specifically lard, because pigs were like the most largely consumed animal at this time, because this was all before like, you know, refrigeration and everything. So it made it really difficult to ship like processed beef, but with pigs, they're a much more fatty animal. So they make them like perfect for like salt curing because they won't lose their flavor versus like beef. So that's why pigs were super prevalent, kind of like in the diet of like many people in America. But then in the 1870s, when there was an economic depression, two two dudes, William Proctor and James Gamble, you probably know where I'm going with this. They both crossed paths. They both came to the States to kind of like pursue, um, you know, new things. And they basically created Procter and Gamble, which essentially was a candle and soap manufacturing, you know, company. But in order to basically be able to like mass produce their candles, they needed to swap like animal fat, fats and base, because the animal fats that they would utilize for, you know, producing candles, they would just kind of like quickly burn and it was also very expensive. So they ended up swapping these with a mixture of like palm and coconut oil. And this basically invention, I guess, in producing candles led to an increase in the domestic production of cottonseed oil basically just to ensure that there was a cheap and like steady supply for oil for candle making because Procter & Gamble just became like huge company from this production. And so this kind of leads to like the creation of Crisco and also hydrogenation, which is a way of creating a solid fat from a liquid source. And so there was a German scientist named Edwin Kaiser, and he really wanted to like test in producing a solid form of cottonseed oil. And so he spoke to William and James of Procter and Gamble, and they basically set up like they created a patent for this, and then also like a lab at Procter and Gamble like campus to basically test this invention of hydrogenation and creating cottonseed oil from a liquid. And they had success, and the product that they created ended up looking very similar to lard by you know the color and like the consistency and texture, and so they basically started to sell this to home cooks as a replacement for animal fats. And they called this product called 
they called it Crisco and they basically kind of marketed it and explained it as like a food pasta product consisting of vegetable oil, preferably cottonseed oil. And it was like partially hydrogenated and hardened from a homogenous white or yellowish semi-solid closely like resembling yarn. And they, you know, during this time, a lot of, you know, common like home cooks, they were all very used to like just using butter, lard, et cetera. And so they really had to like market this to home cooks to convince them to like make the switch. And so they hired, they hired an ad agency basically to like help with this whole like marketing push. And there was like many different initiatives that they did. They would like provide women like a free Crisco cookbook if they like bought their products. That was like one of the ways that they kind of got people to like utilize Crisco. And, you know, back then there was very little regulation in regards to like nutritional labels. So they were basically able to like make whatever claim that they wanted to. And so they would have crazy claims such as like better fried digestion than like animal fats, et cetera. And so this was like the, like basically the starting point of like how vegetable oils got into like the, you know, standard American diet. And then, you know, as like we had to slowly grow and produce more food and like cut costs, that's where, you know, corn, soybean, et cetera, like other oils came into play just because they are like so cheap versus like using traditional animal fats or like olive oil and, you know, food manufacturers definitely, you know, are seeking to maximize profits and the best way to do that is to make their food taste as like good as like possible, make them highly addictive. And, you know, the use, the utilizing different things such as like, you know, sugars, processed oils, that's like basically the recipe for success for their playbook. Um, and so that's kind of, yeah, sets the stage for how seed oils came into our, our lives. Yes. Uh, convenience culture. I also think too, one thing we forget about, like if you're Gen Z or like coming of age with the internet in your hand, before there was like mass access to information, like I forget how big food advertising was just through radio and television. So nutrition stuff, like you weren't learning about a new diet trend every single day, unless like Kellogg or someone like that was putting money in it or like the low fat diet craze of the nineties versus now you go on your phone and you have so much more access to like learning about, is this food good? Is this food bad? You could find, you know, 50 different opinions about what is good and what is bad. Back in the 60s and 70s, 80s, 90s, you didn't have that much information access. Thus, you didn't feel like probably as bold to go make different choices. You just probably trot, is that the past tense of trot? Treated food as a food source. You didn't think about the nutrition as much unless you were like on a diet plan. Like diet, I feel like everyone now diets to a degree, like myself included. Like if you're making any food choice, that is like a little bit of a diet. Like you are adapting your food to specific things that you find appealing. I don't think everyone is dieting back then, unless you were like fighting heart disease or fighting a specific thing. Um, Now, why did everyone start talking about seed oil? I don't, I mean, here's the thing. I noticed this on TikTok right away. And as soon as something gets on the TikTok algorithm, it goes crazy for a little bit. But then I started noticing it on like meme Twitter accounts. Like people were like making like memes about seed oil. And I was like, why, what happened now? And I think the big thing is I feel like oat milk is always a discussion on Twitter or like going to the barista and getting your little specialty non-dairy milk. And I noticed that a lot of people were like, oh my God, Oatly has seed oil. And a bunch of people on TikTok were making videos that like my Oatly has caused me to have acne. I've cut out oat milk or here's how to make your own oat milk, which I kind of spoke upon in the, in the last episode of the podcast. But I don't think people realize one, when you're thinking about like, why is this ingredient in everything? 
people are not relating it to the broader food system. Not saying you have to like get that analytical, but the reason that seed oils are everywhere, which Emma talked about, is that the cost of producing seed oils, like it is so effective for corporations to use seed oils because it's a lot cheaper in their product. Um, when you think about the food monopolies, when we're thinking about your quote, like even, I mean, even I'll put health food in this category, any sort of like processed snack food, like a pantry staple, like a cracker, hummus, peanut butter, nut milk, all of them are using seed oils. Even if they are your like mom and pops type, like direct to consumer, like bullshit brand you see on Instagram. Like I got, I got emailed by magic spoon yesterday and I was like looking at their ingredients. Cause I've never really done it. Cause they say they have zero sugar and they use sunflower oil in their product. Right. So even like the buzzy direct to consumer, like save the world type, like cute packaging brands, they still utilize seed oil. And one big reason for this is that like our government has an ability to subsidize crops. So that just basically means that like makes it cheaper for those farmers to produce that. It makes our food system entirely more reliant on whatever crop they're subsidizing. If you've heard of the big three of like wheat, corn, and soy, um, seed oils are a gov- government subsidized crop which, crop, which is why they are in everything and why it's plentiful and why it is like, yeah, affecting everyone from your Nabisco's to your, not, I was going to say like your CMOS gel, but like not your CMOS gel, like your, your little dairy milk, you know? Um, and as we spoke about earlier, it's a privilege to have this cognitive like awareness to avoid seed oils. Like you have access to a food without a seed oil. It's probably going to be a lot more expensive if it's using something like an olive oil or an avocado oil. Also, I think it's extremely privileged to like be able to, you know, cook all your own foods that are organic and using these higher quality oils. If you go to a restaurant, they're probably using seed oils because that's the only way they can probably have enough money to keep the lights on of the restaurant. So if you are able to make any sort of dietary substitution, there is an inherent privilege with that, which is why like, I'm not making this prescription that like, you should never eat seed oils or you will die. Like, and I think it's even just like a privilege to even like have access to like educate yourself on like seed oils, because so many people, you know, the only reason I kind of like know is like, I have like the privilege and time to like listen to podcasts and like, I'm interested in like health and wellness. And so that's how like, I have like learned about these different types of things. Cause like, you're not being taught why seed oils are bad and like your health class in eighth grade. And, you know, so many people who, again, like probably don't have the time to just like sit around and like read about seed oils or listen about seed oils. They're not going to know. And I think like, again, it is shaped so much by like your environment. And so like based off of unfortunately where you are like born and raised and like currently live at, you may not like literally have the ability to go out and like avoid these products. And so I think even just like having even the awareness of like what a seed oil is, or even like know to like read a nutrition label is like a privilege in itself. Yeah. And I think we're going to do next week's episode on nutrition labels, just because there's a lot of like bunk about that and I think information we could get to the bottom too. Um, so why are seed oils bad overall? This is like kind of the baseline information that is pretty easy to understand. So we talk a lot about omega fatty acids. If you're a CMOS girl, you probably come into contact with that in some form. So there's omega-6 fatty acids and omega-3 fatty acids. Omega-6 acids are called omega-6 polyunsaturated fats. They're also known as PUFAs, which I think is a hilarious word. I think we need to make like a meme about like PUFA, I was going to say protector. I'm trying to think of another verb, like PUFA pessimist, PUFA hater. We'll something. come up with something. Yeah. yeah, we'll come up with something. You guys will probably see it by the time we upload this episode. But seed oils are going to be very high in these omega-6 fatty acids. And you might think, why is that a bad thing? It promotes inflammation in the body because you're accumulating toxins. And 
omega-6s are not inherently bad. Like a lot of foods have omega-6s in them, seed oils just being one of them. But the issue is there's this imbalance that can happen if you're eating too many seed oils. When we have too many omega-6s compared to omega-3s, it becomes a major issue in the body. Um, this mess will just like create this anti-inflammatory response in your body. And that's where like the inflammation comes from. So that's kind of a newer age of health research or health interest, at least. Like anything we talk about in this episode still probably being studied. They're probably doing clinical studies on like, are omega-6s, is this bad for pregnant women? Is this bad for kids? Is this bad for women who've had eating disorders, right? Like the science right now has probably only been tested on white men. So we still don't know that much, but that's like the baseline of information now. They've said that the long-term factors that it can contribute to obesity, diabetes, heart disease, any sort of chronic illness. And for a reference, like the average person has about like 20 to 30% PUFAs in their body fat instead of the healthy percentage, which is like 2%. So that's why it's like an issue in mostly Western countries once again. Yeah. And I think just to kind of clarify what like inflammation is, we did a podcast episode on this that you can go back and listen to, but Inflammation isn't inherently like a bad thing. It's actually like an important reaction triggered by the immune system in our body. It's how like our body basically responds to like, if we cut ourselves and you know, what we eat can promote inflammation in the body, you know, for like gluten, for example, you can get like diagnosed for a certain type of inflammation for those with like celiac disease and everyone's, everyone's body also is going to, you know, react differently to different foods. Like I know, like I listen to a lot of podcasts and they do a lot of like case studies of like, I eat cashews and I see like a spike, spike in my blood sugar. And like for someone else, they might be like completely fine. And I think like another thing too, like if you do eat seed oils, when you go out to eat and everything, like you're not eating these seed oils, like, you know, solely like on their own, they are going to be mixed into like many different things, which is why it can be challenging to avoid them. And it's more of like, you know, the constant consumption of like these different processed foods, such as like your cakes, cookies, chips, et cetera that yeah, you know, the seed oil might be like the third or fourth ingredient, but if you're eating like multiple products throughout a day that can, you know, add up to a lot. And so it's more like these like processed foods are what are going to promote inflammation because when you do consume, you know, highly processed sugar and carbs, you know, in order for your body to bring down its normal blood sugar levels, it needs to release insulin. But when there's too much consumption of the stuff, basically your cells get lazy at responding to the insulin which can lead to an increase in like blood sugar, which again can like lead to like long-term health complications. And, you know, if you're like 20 years old, you're probably like, why should I care about this? Like, I shouldn't have to worry about this. Like, let me live my life. And I do think about that like a lot as well. But I think like one thing that, you know, is kind of, I don't want to say trendy, but like is getting more like more um, attention to is like kind of like the whole idea of, you know, like longevity. And, you know, Kate and I kind of, I think like that's how we approach health and wellness in the sense that like, we want to be like healthy and active when we're like 60 or 70 years old. So we can like enjoy life with, you know, grandchildren, kids, et cetera. And like, you know, we'll be able to like walk and still remain active. Um, so sometimes, yes, it can maybe be seems silly to like care about this type of stuff. And I think like, you know, at our age, you can't take it as like a grain of salt here and there, but it is just like something good to like keep in the back of your mind for sure. Yeah. And I think the broader idea of this podcast is to realize like, this is an issue of our food system, not the individual. The mm-hmm. fact that it's so difficult to shop in a grocery store and avoid seed oils in your average grocery list is an issue of 
our, you know, our grocery supply, the monopolization, and the fact that we subsidize this type of food that is leading to inflammation in the body. And that's not some quack hippie shit. That is like actual facts. If you look at our food system, like I, I do believe like most of the talk, I think about like toxins and stuff can get in this like hippie woo woo space where it doesn't feel like it's grounded in any science. But when you're looking at clinical studies and it shows that these type of foods do lead to inflammation, then lead to chronic illness. That's why we are like doing an episode about this. Um, so what to do? We just fear mongered you a bit slight, slight fear mongering, not too much. Um, so which ones are bad? Someone I saw in this like hippie mom had this like phrase of like the hateful eight. I was like, that's kind of funny. Like the dirty dozen, the hateful eight. So the biggest industrial seed oils that you're going to know of are going to be canola oil, corn oil, cotton seed, soy oil, sunflower oil, safflower oil, grapeseed oil, and rice bran oil. Now I've seen grapeseed oil try to be like rebranded as like a buzzy health one. I don't know if that makes sense to anyone. Like um, canola is like equivalent of Crisco to a pretty much degree and sunflower oil is in a lot of stuff. I feel like that's what I see the most of. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people asked about sesame oil, which technically like there's another thing. I feel like if you're in health and wellness, you're like, well, fuck, should I stop eating sesame seeds? Should I stop eating sunflower seeds? If you're eating the seed in the full form, there's no issue with that. This is all about the processing of what you do when you expose these seeds to a really high heat level, and then you process them into an oil. Um, So the seeds are still good. And sesame oil, which is often used in a lot of Asian cuisines, is not going to be the seed oil that is led to um, inflammation the same way. But as we said earlier, like this is going to be a, a consumer. Once again, the burden is placed on the consumer to avoid these oils versus our food system, like cleaning it up and, you know, maybe listing this as a bad ingredient or something like that's, I think this is like an issue with the food system that I often go back to is like the burdens placed on the individual. You have to read the labels. You have to do the work. The way that the government could intervene is like how on a pack of cigarettes, it says like there, they have to have some legal warming warning with the FDA where it says like, this will lead to lung cancer. That would be really interesting if you do that with our food system. Now, I think it would be really difficult to one, get the government to care about this, two, to have enough of like a scientific validity versus one type of thing versus other things. Cause there's so many like different diets that some people say, not gonna say seed oils are good, but some people say meat is bad, meat is good. So I think it would be difficult to have these uniform standards, but it would be interesting if there was like a little red stop sign next to an ingredient. Well, I know that there's actually like a lot of like countries to basically kind of like in response to like childhood obesity. I know like at least like in some parts of South America, there's countries where like they do have like these like labels where it's like green, yellow, and red. And like each one kind of like dictates like how bad one is for your health. And then I also know that there's like, different like laws in place in the sense of like if you are like under 16 years old you can't purchase like chips or soda without like being like accompanied by like an adult kind of in like the same way you know in the states where you have to be 18 in order to purchase cigarettes so I definitely think like with how much um influence like you know these lobbyists have in our government everything like these type of changes will be very difficult to like see in the U.S. but there is like definitely some sense of hope and like proof that like these type of like interventions can actually work as they are working in like, you know, smaller scale in like other countries. Yeah. And I know people are going to say, I mean, this reminds me a lot of like the soda tax in New York by Mike Bloomberg, where people are like, oh my God, Mike Bloomberg is taking away my soda. It gets to this rhetoric of this insane skewed idea of individual liberty. Like you are still able to go buy this stuff. And it's just any sort of consumer fi- consumer regulation, if you want to look back into the 1970s with Ralph Nader, who started the consumer protection movement, he first started with seatbelts. Now, 
back then there were probably people making the same echoes in history of like, you're taking away my freedom by making me wear this seatbelt. I can't smoke on an airplane. Like there are greater consumer interests. And I think with health stuff, it's easy to just think about me, 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 like my individual health is fine. So I don't care if other people go buy soda, but like, yeah, as I was saying, childhood obesity is an epidemic. And if we want to actually take that seriously, so then we don't have as many people with chronic illnesses, you know, loading up the health system in their sixties and seventies, like we should do something in our food system to intervene there with a public policy thing. But I just think like, yeah, a lot of people don't believe in government doing the right thing for many of reasons. And I just, I wonder if there's any appetite to regulate our food system. Um, so when you're shopping, that was all to be said, it is going to be on you. Now, I hate when food has little things like natural, healthy, organic, clean, because none of these words really mean anything. And a lot of these foods that are like your quote, healthy foods in the back of your mind probably are using seed oils. I'm thinking of protein bars. I'm thinking of granola. I'm thinking of hummus, crackers, nut butter, nut milk, anything that has been like processed. That's not just like a pure, like sweet potato has to have some sort of probably like cooking agent in it. And it could have a seed oil. So I think the best thing to do, if you don't want to be like a narc at the grocery store and just like problematize everything is maybe look at some things you can learn how to cook. Um, you can make hummus. You could try to make nut butter and break your magic bullet. Like I have, um, you could make, you know, there are alternatives out there. You just have to do a little bit of work. And I think also another note is that you don't have to like go to your pantry and throw out everything. Like if you have something with seed oil, like I know that I have cookie dough from Dew right now and it uses sunflower oil. Am I going to eat that? Yeah. Am I going to eat that every day, three times a day? No. Um, but there are healthier alternatives to seed oils that can still do the same job. And those ones are going to be coconut, avocado, and olive oil. Why those three are better is because these oils are going to be squeezed straight from those fruit or the seed of the fruit. And they're not going to be stripped of their antioxidants and minerals in the process of it becoming an oil. Um, and these oils contain polyphenols. There are going to be a, a compound found in plants that have these antioxidants and health benefits. Another thing is that you could also cook with butter, like tahini, or but, I was going to say ghee, or cook with tahini or nut butter. So if you're looking for a fat source of cooking, like there are going to be swaps you can make. You don't have to like go crazy that you're going to have to be a raw vegan and not cook any of your food. Yeah. And I think, you know, another thing, if you really like French fries or have that craving, bake them with like avocado or olive oil. And there's lots of brands, I think that you know, do, do good and that you can purchase from. And I think, you know, for me, I always like to just kind of like keep a list of like brands that I really like to purchase from. And granted, you know, these are going to be a little bit more expensive because there's not as much of an incentive to utilize, you know, extra virgin olive oil versus a canola oil. But a few brands, you know, if you are like wondering like, okay, what's like an alternative to like the normal, like salad dressing that I purchased from Trader Joe's or whatever. Bragg's, I sometimes buy their um, salad dressings and they use extra virgin olive oil, or they have like a Sesame one that I know uses like sesame oil as well. Honey Mamas, if you have access, it's like a fudgy chocolate brand. They utilize coconut oil. Um, Hope Hummus, I know a lot of their hummuses use um, olive oil. I don't think it's available, at least in the New York Whole Foods, but I have noticed that like finding a seed oil-free hummus is like very difficult to come by. And most of them are just like oil-free, which I'm like, this is fine, but like, it would be cool to have another option. Um, Primal Kitchen, they use like avocado oil and like all of their dressings, marinades, etc. Kite Hill, all of their like dairy-free cheeses and Siete, if you want like tortilla chips, they use avocado oil and then Simple Mills as well. I know like a lot of their like, you know, cookies that you can like purchase or they're like, you know, some of their flowers and mixes don't have any like oils, obviously, but that's just like a list of brands that are doing good and that if you see them, you can kind of, you know, 
plan on them having like the gold star. But I think like, you know, the more and more as you start purchasing and shopping for groceries on your own, I think you slowly just kind of like develop sort of like a catalog or a library of like things, you know, that like kind of like check off all the boxes for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that again, just kind of like comes with, yeah, getting older and like grocery shopping for yourself. Yeah. And another thing you can make a lot of what you want, like you could make granola. I've done it once or twice and like cooking is just not my forte, but there's a lot of great recipes out there. You can make homemade date bars. I think I might do something like that later. I have like 75 medjool dates staring at me that are starting to get a little bit crusty. And I kind of want to make like a little energy bar. Um, hummus is really easy to make. I'm still LOLing at the one person when we commented about like seed or we made a meme about seed oil in hummus. Did you know you can make your own hummus? Yes, I've been around the block and back a few times to accumulate some meme followers. I do know that you can make your own hummus. But if you're looking for some hummus recipes, it's going to be just like chickpeas, tahini, olive oil, your spices. But I think it's really fun to add steamed beets. You get that beautiful like pink hummus. And I just feel like it looks aesthetic. It makes your meals a little sexier. You also could get crazy with the dessert hummus. I I don't really know when that was a trend. I feel like it was like mm, 2019 when everyone's like, oh my God, like chocolate hummus. Um it's really easy. I mean, you can make your chickpea cookie dough go wild if you want to blend some chickpeas and peanut butter and put some maple syrup in it, but you can make a little dessert dip to have with apple slices if you want. So don't feel like you're super limited if this seed oil thing scares you because once again, with not diet culture, but with just like food people, you know, you could demonize every single food in the book. I found days when I woke up and I'm like, wait, is it bad that I'm eating blueberries? Is that bad for me? Cause it's sugar. Like what? Like you could make every, like a bad judgment about every decision you make. So just learning what does best for your body and like, maybe think that like, oh, all of this stuff I has is seed oils. Like what could I substitute if I do find this to be like a health concern for myself? So yeah, that's big bad seed oils. Um, you know, fret, but don't fret. Um, Emma, what else are you going to be up to today? This podcast like took forever. I'm kind of curious how long it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. This podcast, I feel like it could be like Joe Rogan length. <laughs> um, I feel like we've been yapping for years, which I'm not mad about because not much else for me to do. I'll probably do a little bit more Pilates. I did like some light stretching this morning. I don't feel like going trekking up to the piers to swim today. So going to just walk in the rain. I'm I don't know, gonna maybe like make some sort of like nice dessert. I have the Bob's Red Mill brownie mix that Hmm. I really want to use, but I need to actually buy ghee or like butter to make those. So maybe I'll do a little baking moment because I feel like today's just kind of a relaxation, rest and relaxation day. Yeah, I've I've been realizing that I'm out of ghee as well. I haven't repurchased that in decades. I've just been on the olive oil train. Um, I'm debating if I go to a sample sale for this underwear brand or not. Like, do I need another underwear set? Honestly, yeah. I feel like my underwear are like things that I wore in like sixth grade. Sorry if that's TMI. Like I I just never prioritize buying nice underwear. So maybe I'll do that. Um, I'm going to go buy fennel and then I'm going to buy bone broth and then I'm going to buy frozen cherries. How am I going to make that grocery ship happen? Probably in the most chaotic way. Like I'm probably going to walk a mile and a half to a different Trader Joe's just to have a destination walk and then sit in bed for the rest of the day. Um, I don't really have to work, which is nice. I feel like when I got back to New York, I had all these projects like compiling me that I was so stressed, but realized at the end of the day, girl is you will get through any work struggle you have. You will figure it out somehow if that's school work. If it seems like it's the doomsday finals paper that you're writing before your spring break, you will get it done. Millions of people have before you. <laughs> um, so don't get too stressed and, you know, enjoy your weekend, but yeah, and nothing exciting over here. Maybe I'll make some video memes. We've been off that for a little bit. 
you have been off but with that CMOS girlies I hope you enjoyed this episode you know where to find us um and we'll talk to you guys next week bye girlies everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body including those involved in hormonal balance from functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.